Welcome to Don't Wait to Write with Amber Petty. Today, we're learning a little something. When you talk about a career as a freelance writer, it has a lot in common with Angela Lansbury's career. Again, to continue my tribute to her this week. That might sound strange because she was an actress of the stage and screen. She was not a freelance writer, but there's a lot to learn from her career. So she was nominated for an Academy Award for one of her very first roles when she was 18. It was in the film Gaslight, where we now have the term gaslight. It's a very good movie. Please watch it. So you'd think, oh my God, she just hit the jackpot straight away. She's going to be a Jennifer Lawrence or a Meryl Streep, you know, off to the races, a star on film, no questions asked. But that's not at all what happened. She had a variety of roles and kind of got typecast into mothering type of roles, even when she was just barely in her 30s. And she still was in a variety of interesting movies, later was in The Manchurian Candidate, all kinds of fascinating stuff, but it wasn't a clear path to stardom. Now, when writers first start, there's kind of a belief in the back of their mind that if they just get one big thing, then they're going to be set. And that doesn't really happen. And I've talked about this a little bit before. But yes, you may have an article that blows up and gives you more opportunities. But that's almost never the first thing you write. And even then, it does give you new opportunities. But there's still a whole life and career ahead of you. Same thing, people will think, oh, if I publish a book, then great, I'm at a new level and everything's going to be easier. And a lot of times what happens is you write a book and it is great. It does give you this credibility. You've created a book and it's out in the world. There's many wonderful things about it, but it doesn't always mean that now you'll magically have a great level of income automatically from here on in, or that the New Yorker is going to be ringing you up to ask you to write things for them. They might, but more likely you still have to pitch and you still have to put yourself out there. Now, if Angela Lansbury had thought, well, I've already been nominated for an Academy Award. I'm not going to do some comedy movie with Danny Kaye or a movie where I'm a, a sassy singer in a saloon in Harvey Girls. No, I need to be a leading lady now. I need to only go up. If she would have done that, I I don't think she would have had a career at all in movies. Instead, she took some of what she had to take because of the studio, but also looked for things that were interesting. And when movies ceased to be very interesting, and also when her personal life in Hollywood was getting fraught, uh, her son was developing an addiction to drugs, and allegedly her daughter was hanging out with a group that she didn't really approve of that happened to be the Manson family. So she moved everybody to Ireland in the late 60s, not giving a shit what it did to her career. Another thing people assume with freelance writing is once you are freelance, you have to be a freelance writer forever, your income always has to go up, and... Anything else is some kind of failure. And I'm 
using very broad strokes here. I know people believe a lot of gray area there, but that is a, a real generalized idea. Now, some people are freelancers on the side forever, and it's completely fine because the job they have is n- enough to give them stability. They enjoy it. And they like that their writing then isn't dictated only by money. They don't have the pressure to make all of their money through their writing, so it allows them to be more selective about what they write. That is fine. You never have to be full-time. You can have a lot of success even with a part-time or a full-time job. And it does mean you get to only focus on what you want. Now, for other people, they're in jobs that they don't like. I was like that. (laughs) I was eventually in jobs I didn't want to stay in. So freelancing was a way to work myself out of those situations. Now, if you have a job that you don't like and you do want to be writing full time, that's also great. It might not happen right away. So when I started freelance writing, I had moved to LA and I was on unemployment and I had one-off improv coaching gigs I could do. So it was very unreliable income and I needed more. So my idea at the time wasn't even to, I've got to be a full-time freelance writer right now. It was just, I need to make enough money to live and I don't want to go work in a coffee shop. So I did. And because I needed money right away, I took more jobs that were kind of lame, but they paid and I got to write more and I racked up quite a few articles in a short period of time because I was happy to just work more. So you might think, oh, great. So then in, you know, six months time, I was able to pay my rent and utilities. And within a year, I'd made more money than I made ever before working all my crazy jobs in New York. So that ended up being about like $60,000-ish. But there were times where I got tired of being freelance. I applied to a copywriting job, a full-time copywriting job, to see if I would like it. And I got the job. And it was interesting. I learned a lot of good things. Uh, It It wasn't like my dreams came true, but I needed to take a break from freelancing and that stability of a full-time job helped me a lot. As I lost that job because they decided to be more of a Christian company and also didn't like communicating anything with the people that worked there, I went back to freelance, wrote a lot. I did equally well as I had before, but now writing for better publications. But then after a year, I wanted another break from being freelance because I was just in my house by myself all the time. I have fun depression issues and I simply wanted to be exposed to something different. So once again, I looked for another full-time job. I found a copywriting job for a makeup company I really liked and I took that. So I say that So just like Angela Lansbury was like, listen, I trust my career is going to be there. I'm going to fuck off to Ireland for a while so that my kids don't get messed up. Anybody can take a break from freelancing. It's okay, because sometimes you don't want to do it anymore. And then as I would get full-time jobs, in my case, I'd go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I uh, I like working for myself more. 
And as I kind of regained confidence and it helped to have a actual paycheck that you knew how much it was going to be each week for a little while, I would move back into freelance. Now, this is different for everybody. There are some writers who would never go back to full-time ever. And there are some people that purposely get part-time jobs outside of writing just to give themselves a little bit of a mental break. So I say all this to show that a freelance writing life is usually a real bizarro roller coaster. It is not predictable. You can't see what's going to happen. But as long as you keep going, you keep getting new and different opportunities. And that's what leads you to a pretty interesting life. So back to Angela Lansbury, after she was in Ireland for a while, she started doing stage things and did incredible, oh, she's so good. She did Gypsy and Mame and Sweeney Todd, my all-time favorite, and made another name for herself as an absolute Broadway West End star. Some people would think that moving to theater after being in films, especially Oscar-nominated films, is a step down. But for Angela, it wasn't at all. It was her at the perfect time in her life to make these parts her own. I mean, with Mame and Sweeney Todd, they will never be parallel. I mean, nobody's ever going to do better. Sorry. And I love Sweeney Todd. I'll see every version of it. But she has left such an indelible mark. It will never be topped. After I freelanced for a while, I started getting editors assigning things to me, which was great. And I could have said, I want to write about my own things. I don't want to write about psoriasis rash. But I was happy to write about psoriasis rash because it brought in regular income. It taught me something new and showed there was a whole other world of writing subjects that I was actually really good with. One time, an editor I worked with knew another editor who needed someone to come and do a travel article at the last minute. Now, this article didn't pay. And at that point, I didn't do stuff for free. But this one didn't pay for the article. But I did get a free trip to a beachside mansion in North Carolina, all expenses paid. So I went, yeah, I'll take that. So you might think it's a step down to do something for free or that doing this PR trip would lead to all sorts of other travel things. It didn't. It didn't at all. I've never taken another one. <laughs> and I, because it came to me in such a strange way, I hardly even know how to go and get another one. But that trip was so meaningful to me because I was there with mostly fitness influencers, or if you've seen a picture of me, I am not a fitness uh, influencer by a wide margin. So I was there with fitness influencers and other regular writers who regularly wrote for print magazines and seemed to just know the drill so much better than me. But I went into this not feeling like, oh, I don't deserve to be here. Oh, this is going to be bad. I'm just a replacement. For some reason, my brain just let me go, you know what? They invited me and they paid for me, so I deserve to be here like everybody else. And sitting 
on the balcony in front of my bedroom overlooking the ocean as I drank free champagne, that feeling of satisfaction changed me a little bit of it's not to say that every day I'm like I'm great I deserve to be everywhere no (laughs) you think my you think my self-confidence would allow that to happen no but it just raised my level of confidence in myself a little bit and that alone that experience has shaped my life even though it never led to any of the directions you'd think it would lead to more travel stories or working for that particular editor more or finding more ways to get free champagne. None of that happened, but the feeling that changed in me did happen and certainly helped me start my own business and classes and all the things that have led me to today. After stage, Angela Lansbury moved to television with Murder, She Wrote, which was on for 12 years, and she was nominated for an Emmy every year and didn't win, which is very rude. But she was nominated 12 times in a row. It was a huge hit. Now, was Murder, She Wrote, even at the time, a critical darling? No. And as a kid, I do remember thinking, it's just an old person show. I am not interested, which is very rude, but I was just a child. But Murder, She Wrote isn't looked at as high art. You know, we're not going to talk about Murder, She Wrote in succession in The Sopranos in the same sentence. It's a cute murder mystery in a really cool looking town. And also, quick side note, for everybody that says, oh, Cabot Cove, they have so many murders. Wouldn't people get suspicious? Listen, Murder, She Wrote has Jessica Fletcher going all over the place to discover murders. So yes, she is a a key person in many murders, which is its own question. But I will say they actually move her around a ton so that all the murders don't keep happening in the same town. Very important that I let you know. So Murder, She Wrote can be looked at as kind of a cheesy, silly show. It's still looked back with so much fondness. And I watch the show still today, not because it's high art, but because there's just something lovely about Angela Lansbury's performance and the small town and the cozy mysteries set every week. Often students, when they want to write and they're having a hard time getting started, it's because they think their ideas aren't good enough or aren't big enough. And as I encourage them to pitch little things or articles about smaller, sillier topics, they also wonder if that's going to brand them as, oh, I'm just a BuzzFeed type of writer. Oh, I just write about lists and inconsequential stuff like that. So one thing to ask with that is, well, does that even matter? If you're working regularly and doing work you enjoy, and maybe that work is a little bit sillier than groundbreaking reporting at the New York Times. Does that really matter? Do you think Angela Lansbury was unhappy because she wasn't in some kind of super dramatic television show? I don't think so. I think she was just happy to be the lead in a show that was very popular and 
that also set a still fairly unusual precedent of a woman, mostly in her 60s, as the lead of a show. So I'm not saying to sell out and just do what's popular and don't do anything you like. No, but there is beauty in any kind of writing. And I bet that Murder, She Wrote has meant just as much to people's lives as The Sopranos. Because that comforting presence might help you through sad times. So just like Angela Lansbury's career didn't go in any order that anyone would expect, and she kept coming back in new and different ways every time, I find that happens with freelance writers a ton. That you can make a living doing it. It does take persistence. It can be hard. The biggest thing for me and for most of my students is it's just unpredictable in good ways and bad. So I've not found a time where you can say, well, if you just do this many pitches every month, you'll get this many acceptances and make about this much money. It just doesn't work that way because you might get asked suddenly to write eight articles for someone, which has happened for me. You might get an opportunity to do content marketing, which pays differently. You might get an opportunity for a part-time job as an editor or writer for a publication. You might get a full-time job in writing or in something else that's exciting to you. So especially if you're starting out or even if you are working steadily but not making a full-time living yet, as much as you can, try to not spend too much time worrying about the future. I know I've said the most impossible thing. You can still set goals for yourself, set intentions of what you want to do and what you want to make. That's great. That will absolutely help you. But how those goals are achieved will probably be weird and unexpected. So the more you just focus on writing something, sending out pitches, just putting yourself out into the world, you will see things come back to you and maybe be a little open for unexpected projects to see how they go, how they make you feel, or what they may lead to next. Because just like Angela Lansbury had a much more affecting, fascinating, and beautiful life because her career was so all over the place, you will be much happier when you worry less about exactly how it's going to happen and focus more on just putting your work into the world now. All right, that's it for today. If you have any questions for the podcast, please let me know. I would love to answer them. Also, if you want to pitch more, you should get my guide to 250 places that pay writers. You can get that at amberpetty.com slash 250. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to see what you write. <laughs>